պետրո <laughs> 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 So I'm very forgetful, I'm very sorry. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you that we have a message that is not our message, but is your message. Father, we thank you that you are not forgetful. Father, we thank you that you have counted every hair on our head. Father, we thank you that you listen to every murmur in our heart. Father, we thank you that you know about us as we get up. We thank you that you know about us as we go about our work. Father, we thank you that you know about us as we sleep. Father, we thank you that you even know the dreams that we have. And Father, we thank you that you have not forgotten. And Father, we pray that tonight, again, it's your message. Father, we pray that each one of us would feel deeply thankful for the blood of Jesus Christ tonight. Mm-hmm. In Jesus' name, Amen. The title of my sermon this morning, this evening is Father Christmas Christianity is Fake. Uh, I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, uh, that, that sort of between seven and eight o'clock uh, in the morning on Christmas morning, just a beautiful moment when you wake up as a little boy. I don't know about you Armenians, but we English, we wake up and you see that stocking at the end of your bed. It's just a magical moment. And uh, I always, with my stocking, there would always be two crackers coming out of the end. 
Then you go through the presents and right at the end of the stocking there was always an orange and a silver coin. I don't know why, that was the tradition. Then all excited we would go downstairs and my mother would show us the little glass of brandy and the crisps that Father Christmas had very very dutifully and you never, of course, saw him. And it was special. But you know, I'm not so sure if he is so special today. He, he starts appearing in September. <laughs> you know, the sun is still shining, we're still in our swimming trunks, and there's Father Christmas. Then about November, he gets you, you start seeing these huge plastic Father Christmases climbing over houses. And have you seen some of these houses, not just Father Christmas, but sometimes you get the four reindeer, you get the, the, the sleigh, you get snow, I, you know, just outside the house, I mean, it's just a bit too much. You see him everywhere. He's waddling around Tesco's, he's waddling around Asda. He's grinning faces coming out the TV, have this toy, have this tinsel, have this deodorant, have this, you know. Television deodorant. You can't get rid of the wretched man, he's everywhere. You know those sort of fixed eyes, you know, that sort of fake grin. So, you know, really, I think by January. He's gone. Got rid of him. I think he goes, except for the religious people. I think the religious... Religious. The religious people keep him. Including Christians. Because they sort of, the religious, the Christian people, they sort of, you know, Father Christmas God, Father Christmas God. You know, it's like these new computer things. They can do a sort of, you know, merge. They come together. Father Christmas loves children. God loves children. Father Christmas gives presents to everybody. God gives presents to everybody. Father Christmas loves everybody. God loves everybody. Father Christmas is happy. God is happy. Father Christmas sort of bumbles around. God bumbles around. You know, much for muchness. Father Christmas. Father Christmas never gets angry. 
Zmer papin yes pek chi zairanum meki vra. God never gets angry. Astok astvatsel yes pek chi bashkanum. And uh, Father Christmas never judges anybody. Zmer papin vorevis e zhamanak mekin chi datum. And Father and God doesn't ever judge anybody. Astvatsel chi datum yes pek vorevis e mekin. Father Christmas never punishes. Zmer papin yes pek mekin chi patshu. And so God never punishes. Remo, It's really nice, isn't it? Shat Father Christmas Christianity. We love it. We just like listening to messages about the love of God. Just tell me about the love of God. It's like a river, the love of God, the grace, the healing, the healing of Let the healing come. The gifts, oh, let the gifts come. Let it come. It's going to sweep us into a lovely, cozy heaven. And you know what? You just have to pray one little prayer. Praise God, brother, you put up your hand. That's it. It's finished. The love of God. This, oh, the love of God. Anglicans just about, you know, it's just good. Just Father Christmas Christianity. Sometimes I'm actually surprised that more people from other religions don't become Christians. I'm in other religions, they've got to fast. In other religions, they have to pray not once a day, five times a day. You wonder why they don't all become Christians. And you know the great thing about Father Christmas Christianity? You can get away with a lot. You know, if you do a bit of the old sinning, yeah. you have a bit of a good time. You know, a few nights out. You can come up to old Father Christmas and give him a tap on the shoulder and say, oh, sorry about that, mate. And he'll give you a big wink. Oh, I understand, son, it's all right. It's always all right with Father Christmas. Nothing is ever a problem. He understands all your problems. Doesn't matter what you do. And one thing about it, Father Christmas, he's ne- a Christmas, he's never going to get angry with you. He's never going to get upset with you. He's never going to get angry with you. But you see, in the Bible, from the beginning of the Bible to the end of the Bible, we read about a God who can be provoked to the most terrible anger. And people have got used to Father Christmas Christianity, they get a bit upset when they hear about God getting angry. No, no, that's wrong. No, God is not his job to get angry. God never gets angry. Isn't God punishing? No, God never punishes anybody. He's just a sweet old man in the sky with a nice long white beard. That's it. 
You know, we have a, a book, I hope you've read it, it's called What's So Amazing About Grace. But you know what the truth is? We're not surprised by grace. We sort of expect we deserve it. You know what we're shocked about? You know what we're amazed about? We're amazed about the wrath of God. I know it's the Christmas season, so I don't really want to slag off old Father Christmas. This evening, uh, the message is this. The holy wrath of God is a consuming fire that can only be stopped by the blood of Jesus Christ. Why is it so important that we Christians understand this truth? There are three reasons. First reason is that the holy wrath of God is in the Bible. The word holy appears more than 500 times in the Bible. What's the first thing that happens to Moses when he encounters God? Take off your uh, shoes for you are standing on holy ground. When did you last read Leviticus? When you read books like Leviticus, you, you read all these laws and rules. What's it all about? It's all about how to approach a holy God. When Isaiah has his vision of God, he doesn't go love, love, love. He doesn't go that. He goes holy, holy, holy is the Lord. Wow. And what does he say to Ezekiel? He says, I will show myself holy. What did Peter say when he began to understand who Jesus Christ really is? He said, depart from me. I am a sinful man. Meaning, you are holy. What, what happened to Jesus when he went up on the mountain? He was clothed in white, and it says so white that no, nobody could die at that white. Holiness. What happened to John in Revelation when he saw Jesus? He fell at his feet as though dead. Holiness. 
հայտնության մեջ տեսնում է հիսուսին նրան տեսնելով անգամ սուրբ է նա որ ինքը գետին է տապալվում you know, and it's not that sort of god sort of just wakes up some days he sort of feels oh today i'll be merciful you know and then another day oh today i'm going to be joyful oh and then another day oh today i'm going to be kind այնպեսի աստված չէ որ մի առավոտ վերակենում ասում է այսօր ես գութով կվերաբերեմ մի ուրիշոր վեր կնա եւ այսօր ես բարի կլինեմ ամենին կամ գներեմ բոլորին always been holy he's holy today he'll be holy tomorrow he will be holy for all of eternity even if there was nothing else in the universe god would be holy is eyutune is kazmutune serphutune yev havitianes havitenit surphelnel yete bolor tiezerke vochinchanan norits surphe he can't betray his holiness chikarog phoghi serphutune vorevts emi bani it's impossible angareliesa He will always be holy. And that is why he has holy wrath. His holiness means he cannot ignore evil. See, Father Christmas would say, you go on, you go and have a bit of a good time. It's all right. I'm over here. I'm not watching. Ձմեր պապին երևի մեզ կասի դու գնա քեֆի թեթևից ես չեմ նայում գնա But that's not God. Բայց ասված այդպես չէ. God is watching. Նա միշտ նայում է մեզ։ And he reacts. Եվ արձականքում է։ He he can't just ignore what is going on. Չի կարող ամփույթ լինի այն ինչ որ նա տեսնում, հանդեպ այն ինչ որ նա տեսնում է։ That is why in the Bible we have over 200 references to the wrath of God. Այդ պատճառով է որ սուրբ գիրքի մեջ երկու հարյուր անգամ նշվում է աստու զարույթը։ It's not some little obscure doctrine. It is there. God reacts he reacts to Sodom and Gomorrah he reacts to the Egyptians he reacts Աստված արձականք է տալիս Սոդոմ ու Գոմորային արձականք տվավան ինչ որ Եգիպտոսում էր տեղի ունենում Oh you say oh well, that's the Old Testament God was always getting angry in the Old Testament but I tell you in the New Testament he's lovely and sweet and kind Գուցե դուք ասեք այդի հին ուղտի մեջ էր բայց նոր կտակարանի մեջ նա քաղցրություն է սեր է մենակ I don't think Ananias and Sapphira thought that. They lied to the Holy Spirit and they were slain on the spot. They were mucking around with God. They were mucking around with God's holiness. The apostle Paul sums it up. He says the wrath of God is revealed against all ungodliness. Բողոս Առաքյալը այսպես ասում որ աստու զայրույթը մենք տեսնում ենք ամեն անաստվածության դիմաց։ God's wrath is not capricious. Կապրիչի անում աստված իր զայրույթով մեզ հետ։ It is a fierce settled antagonism to all that is evil. Որոշված մի արձականք է հանդեպ ամեն բղծության։ It's the reaction of light to darkness. Աստու արձականքն է լույսով հանդեպ It's the reaction of fire to dry wood. Light must destroy darkness. Fire must burn up dry wood. That is the wrath of God. 
լույսը պետք է ոչնչացնի մթությունը գրակը պետք է ոչնչացնի փայտը սա նմանում է աստու զայրույթը հանդեպ մեղք եւ բխծություն and sometimes god speaks very bluntly he sometimes says people are so evil i'm going to vomit them out the Canaanites were vomited out of the land. And I think if we start looking at how we feel about some things, we can begin to understand why the wrath of God is a reality. I remember one night as a little boy uh, reading about what had happened to a Jew in the concentration camp. I couldn't sleep the whole night. Yes, concentration camp I remember reading about what happened to the Armenians uh, in the genocide. It didn't make me feel like I wanted to go and have a party with Father Christmas. I'm sure it doesn't make you feel you want to go and have a, a brandy with Father Christmas. How do you feel when you read about what happened to the Red Indians in North America? When the Europeans arrived, there were 12 million Red Indians. Now there are less than 300,000. How do you feel when you saw the pictures of the Americans torturing with those people in um, the Abu Ghraib prison? We, we react. How do you feel when you find out that most of the world lives off less than $2 a day? How do you feel about the fact that according to UNICEF, today 30,000 children have died of hunger? And what's the problem in America and Europe? Obesity. How does that make you feel? How do you feel when we read about girls as young as 12 being sold into the sex trade? It's not a million miles away, it's just a couple of miles up the road. They are captured in Eastern Europe, young, and they are sent here, they are slaves, and they're working up the road just up 
If you were their father, would you feel like saying, oh, that's all right, Father Christmas, don't worry about that? How do you feel about living in a country where there are 200,000 abortions a year? That means every working day, 600 little babies are killed. Child sacrifice. How do you feel when you read about men, usually it's the men, and they have a, a wife and two or three children, and then suddenly they leave home for a selfish, sensual affair. You see, when we read about selfishness, greed, lust, pride, it does something to us. We don't feel jolly. We feel angry. So here is the bottom line. If we sinful human beings can feel anger in the face of evil, how much more the Holy Lord of hosts? How does he feel? The holy wrath of God is in the Bible and it is real and we can understand why it's real. That's the first reason why we should understand why this truth is so important. That the holy wrath of God is a consuming fire that can only be stopped by the blood of Jesus. What's the second reason? The second reason is so we can warn people about the danger of the wrath of God. Because it is a consuming fire. Not only does God have wrath, but when his wrath is provoked, it is dangerous. It is truly frightening. Again and again, the scriptures underline that God's anger is like a fire. It says what somewhere it says, a fire has been kindled by my wrath. The psalm says, the wrath of the Lord will swallow them up. And his fire will consume them. And what did Jesus say? He said that some people would be in danger of the hell of of fire, the fire of hell. There are two things to note about a fire. 
The first thing is that a fire moves very quickly. And the second, it consumes everything in its path. You might have remembered a few years ago they, were, they had terrible bushfires in the south of Australia. In, in five hours, one of these fires had killed 60 people and destroyed 1,500 buildings. Five hours, 1,500 buildings finished. You might say, well, this is completely unfair. How, how dare God suddenly just decide to consume people? But is it really unfair? God has very clearly said, the soul that sins will die. Every human being has a conscience. Every human being has a sense of right and wrong. And yet most people continue to sin. So is it really unfair for God to suddenly judge in such a horrific way? Let me use this illustration. There was a university professor, he had 250 students. And at the beginning of the term, he said to his 250 students, he said, at the end, the last working day of each month, you must hand in your assignment, otherwise you will fail. Last day of September comes and 225 assignments come in. And there are 25 students like this. They are very sorry. Trouble with the girlfriend, trouble with the parents. He says, okay. Monday, fine. The end of October came. Fifty students now, a little bit nervous, and again saying, we're really sorry, oh, this, 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 this. And again he says, okay, but next month. But next month, I'm serious. If you do not hand in your assignment, you will fail. So the end of November comes. Only 150 assignments are handed in. And the other 100, they don't seem that frightened. They come wandering into the lecture hall. And the professor says to one of them, says, uh, Johnson, where is your assignment? 
Oh, yeah, professor. Yeah. Oh, oh yes, ha, das ist, ha. I'll hand it in in a few days' time. Don't worry, Gov. And he sauntered off. And the professor said, one moment. I said, if your assignments were not handed in the last day of the month, you would fail. So you have failed. What? Johnson cries out? God has said the soul that sins shall die. It's not double Dutch. Anyone can understand it. You go to any group of people and ask them if they understand what sin is. They all know what sin is. And God has said, the soul that sins shall die. Do you want justice? I don't want justice. I want mercy. Because if we go on sinning, we And you know, often you hear this thing that God hates the sin but loves the sinner. And that is perfectly true. But God's revulsion against sin includes the people who sin. Ultimately, you can't separate the two. It is the sinner who will be judged. It's real people who refuse to change their ways. Real people who refuse to listen to God's warnings. Real people who hear the scriptures and they don't repent. It's real people who will meet God's wrath. It happened to the people in Noah's day. And it's kept on happening. Consuming fire. People perishing for their sins. You remember the story when some people complained to Jesus about the tar that fell on some people? What happened? Why did that tar fall on those people? sort of expecting God to say, oh yeah, I'm terribly sorry. Next time I have a chat with my dad, I'll tell him to make sure he has more angelic people around on that time so this doesn't happen again. Really sorry. Apologies of the management. I'm really sorry this happened. Didn't say that. He said, unless you repent, you'll all likewise perish. 
the Bible says the whole world is under the wrath of God. Sinners will perish. If sinners don't perish, I don't know why you're bothering to come to church. Forget it. Sinners will perish. And we are the only people on the planet who have a message that can stop them perishing. Which brings us to the third reason why it's so important to understand this statement. That the holy wrath of God is a consuming fire that can only be stopped by the blood of Jesus. See, as we begin to meditate on God's wrath and His holiness, then we begin to appreciate more what this cross is really all about. In Father Christmas Christian, we might as well take this cross down. There's no need for it. There's no need for it because God is always happy and loving and lovey-dovey and, and, and loves you. There's no need for a cross. But when we begin to understand that God is holy, then we feel frightened about the sins that we have committed. And then we don't start strumming the guitars and singing funny love songs. We say, woe is me, like the prophet Isaiah. Or we say, like Peter say, we say, depart from me, I'm a sinful man. Or like Paul, we say, wretched man that I am. We know that our, our sins deserve punishment. Can you imagine what it's like to stand before the wrath of God? What will you do? Where will you go? There's a famous Negro spiritual song. It says, Oh, sinner man, where will you run to? Run to the rock? Rock won't you hide me? No, the rock will be crumbling, says the Lord. How about the sea? Sea won't you hide me? No, the Lord says the sea will be boiling. How about the moon? Moon won't you hide me? No, the moon will be bleeding, says the Lord. Bleeding. Bleeding. Uh, How about the stars? Stars, won't you hide me? No, says the Lord. The stars will be freezing. How about the sun? 
I'm certainly not going to run behind Father Christmas. Are you going to run behind the record of your good works? Our religious deeds. Giving money to charity. Oh, I could say, well, I'm English. I Kam karogen kasen du Franziatinerin kalani nran katoliken yes anglikanem You might say wow you're anglican wow what's that I'm armenian Kam yes karogem asem du angliatsis et You were in caves when we were christian Yes Christonia megen jamanak vor du Armenian Yes hayem makrtve Give the fire to the muslims but not to us we're armenian Karakotogerta musalmanneri vra mahmedakanneri vra yes hayem Are you really going to run behind your race from Genesis to Revelation, there's only one place to go. Under the blood of Jesus Christ. Under the blood of Jesus Christ. Only Jesus is our Passover lamb. The angel of death is coming. Angel of death is always coming. Just because in England we put the corpses into ambulances doesn't mean to say that even tonight the angel of death is coming. And the angel of death death will only pass over those who are under the blood of Jesus Christ. But if a human soul is not under the blood of Jesus Christ, the angel of death comes. He is our Passover lamb. It was his blood, his blood that satisfies the wrath of God. The cross is not a charm. The cross, the cross is a sacrifice to satisfy the holy anger of God. Jesus was consumed by the wrath of God. So it's the blood of Jesus that saves us. That's the love of God. That's what makes us so grateful and so thankful. You know, sometimes people, they come forward or they, they, they become Christians and sometimes maybe in, in, in the modern day, the real severity of what is happening is getting missed. Uh, I'm not saying that 
It's like sort of people, you know, sometimes they just sort of saunter up to the altar to get a bit of help. Եվ կարող եմ ասեմ որոշ եկեղեցիներ միջև անգամ եկեղեցիները not because he can provide for them though he can not because he can give them peace though he does but because it is only his shed blood that can protect them from the wrath of god When you read about religious revivals, you don't read about people sauntering up to the front. People come to the front, they are frightened. They have seen what will happen to them if they don't repent. And they come frightened in anguish And so the, the, in the early days of revivals, it was called the mourning seat. People were grieving over what their sins. And then they see that the blood of Christ will protect them. And then they dance for joy. First the weeping, then the dancing. Because the holy wrath of God is a consuming fire. That can only be stopped by the blood of Jesus. Well, I come to the end. In a way, it's, a, it's, a, it's not an easy subject. Especially around Christmas. There is one final major difference in conclusion between Father Christmas Christianity and true Christianity. Are there any children here? Well, they mustn't be listening. Anyway, At the end of the day, we, we know about Father Christmas. We know who he is. Great when we're children. But, But this is real. The wrath of God is real. The punishment of God is real. And you know what? 
The blood of Jesus is real. Amen. He did shed his blood 2,000 years ago. He is the Lamb of God. He is the sinless offering. And he rose from the dead, proving that God has accepted his sacrifice. So his blood will protect us from all eternity. The holy wrath of God is a consuming fire that can only be stopped by the blood of Jesus Christ. There's only one question to ask. Are you sure tonight that you are under the blood of Jesus Christ? Really sure. If you are, hallelujah. And then next week, like Brother Charles was saying, I'm sure you know somebody who's not under the blood of Jesus. They are going to die. God doesn't make you responsible for all of London. But those people in your circle, the soul that sins shall die. Share with them about the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.